Defense doesn't just win championships. Sometimes it wins fantasy leagues. And their defensive line, especially the interior, is getting better. Digzua, Watkins, they can rotate guys in. So he isn't really a tackle-heavy guy at this point, but he's a top 15 linebacker to do those big plays over the past four weeks. This is the IDP Heat Seekers. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. It is Monday night and you are on Roto Heat's YouTube channel or Facebook or wherever you're watching us. Thank you. We greatly appreciate it. Austin is running late tonight, so I'm going to be kicking it off here with our topic. We are on to episode seven and season three of the IDP Heat Seekers. This week we are going to be going over 2023 rookie defensive linemen. So there is some sort of you know overlay with this within the topic we're going to have next next week, which is the edge players. Edge players are traditionally in the leagues that utilize that now, the four three defensive ends and the three four outside linebackers, because those players tend to produce stats in the same way and similar amounts as opposed to some of these defensive tackles that we're going to be talking about that don't get you as much in terms of fantasy points. And, of course, that's the main level that we're looking at this stuff at. And we want to thank you all for tuning in, as always. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button if you have not already. Please leave us a comment. If you have any questions, we can certainly get to those. But for our defensive linemen, we're going to start with the top defensive linemen in the class by pretty much every account if we're talking about talent and that is Jalen Carter, defensive tackle for Georgia. If you're looking just purely based on talent, he might even be the best player in the draft here. Um, and, you know, quarterbacks are taking over the draft as far as the NFL draft these days, and rightfully so with how important that is. But defensive linemen we see every year be super important as well. And Jalen Carter is a top-end talent-wise defensive tackle. When you're looking at him, he is about... Six foot three, 223 pounds, which is going to be a bit noticeably more than what you've seen him listed other places, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But he just turned 22, so he's young. He's a five-star prospect coming out of high school. 24-7 Sports had him as the number 20 overall recruit in the 2020 high school recruiting class, and he ended up spending three years at Georgia. He was second-team All-SEC in 2021. And last year, 2022, he was unanimous All-American and first-team All-SEC. He elected to not do the athletic testing at his pro day for Georgia, didn't do it really at the Combine, and he couldn't finish the position drills at Georgia's pro day either, which was interesting for a guy that really the only knock on him is the -the off-the-field concerns that he has. He's on a follow of the law. There's been some questioning over his maturity. And it's not just anecdotal. You know, he's gotten arrested. Um, it's been some issues with the law. So we see this with players from time to time going into the NFL draft. Young people, including myself a number of years ago, you know, just do dumb stuff when you're young. And some of us get caught doing stuff. Some of us do more stupid things than others. Um, but that's one of the concerns when a team is going to be investing multiple millions of dollars guaranteed for a player of their age going into the NFL draft. So sort of the maturity character concerns are the only real knock on him. There's been also some conditioning stuff. You know, I mentioned he was overweight as far as what his playing weight was, and he couldn't finish the positional drills at Georgia's Pro Day. There were a couple games where he seemed to just lose steam towards the end of the game. And it's whether it's a conditioning thing that can be fixed, a motivational thing, we don't really know. That's not our concern. But when we're talking about 
one defensive tackle for most fantasy leagues is not going to be as productive. You know, the defensive tackle specifically, certainly they carry a lot more value. And you can find guys that are DeForest Buckner, Jeffrey Simmons, who just signed a big contract extension, Aaron Donald might be classified as defensive tackles in those leagues, but are going to have value in terms of just straight defensive linemen. Jalen Carter certainly has the potential to have that value himself too. Again, he's explosive. He's got great hand usage. He's got a solid base. He's superb at pass rushing when you look at what he did from a defensive tackle position. He got three sacks both past couple years on a loaded Georgia defensive front, eight and a half tackles for a loss in seven in the past two years. And he's getting you some tackles too, 37 and 32. And while those numbers don't jump off the page, when you look at that Georgia team that he was on, like I said, they are just completely stacked with NFL talent, like we've talked about these past few shows. We even talked last year. So when there's that much talent around you, sometimes it's harder to get that uh, top-tier stats. But as far as the play on the field, that's been reflective in what he's produced and what we see. So... He's probably going to be taken in the top 10 picks as things stand now. He's actually taking private interviews with teams that are in the top 10 picks, um, which is interesting. It might be just a strategic move by his agents, or maybe that's really where they feel from what they've heard that he's actually going to go. We've also heard some teams say that he's off their um, boards. So uh, very interesting, and we'll see where that goes. And we are going to go to another defensive player right at the top of the draft here. Um, Tyree Wilson, he is a interesting player in that in the NFL, he probably fits more as a defensive end. Uh, but in college, he played a lot of outside linebacker. So um, he is a big guy, um, but certainly height-wise, um, 6'6", 271. So he's tall. His frame isn't as built out as someone like Jalen Carter, and that's something that uh, he'll probably have to do to ascend to that elite level for the NFL. He was an eight recruit. He's a three-star recruit in that class. He turns 23 years old in May, so next month. He had one year at Texas A&M and then three years at Texas Tech. He did not perform at the pro day due to having surgery to remove hardware from his foot from a prior surgery that ended his 2022 season. But he was a first-team All-American and first-team All-Big 12 player in 2022. So even with that season, being cut short, he was able to put statistics. He did, but he did have a year where he transferred. Didn't really affect him a whole lot, though. He didn't play a whole lot the first year at Texas Tech as well. But his 2021 season, he broke out in 38 combined tackles, which is more than he had his first two years in college. 13 and a half tackles for a loss and seven sacks, and again in three fewer games in 2022, 61 combined tackles. 14 tackles for a loss and seven sacks again. So he met or exceeded that production that he had had his junior year and his senior year with fewer games. One of the questions about him, of course, is you know, what is his position going to be? But a player that size, you see more used as a regular defensive end in a 4-3 in the NFL as opposed to a 3-4 outside linebacker. He certainly has power and the size to dominate. He gets a lot of tackles that maybe some other players won't get just because of the length that he has. And he does hold up well both in the run and in the pass protect, or excuse me, pass rushing, not pass protection, that'd be on offense. Some potential concerns about him, you know, is he going to fill out to hit that elite ceiling that he could have? Pad level has to be kept low. 
and speed. You know, it's not the top end speed you see from some defensive ends, but he certainly with his length, he's able to still make a lot of those plays. And he's a guy, when you're looking at draft production, um, excuse me, when you're looking at draft capital, what he's probably going to be getting here in the NFL draft coming up, he's probably going to be in the top half of the first round as well. There's a lot of players that uh, maybe have more production, but we've seen a lot of these groupings sort of fall in the mock drafts that we've seen here with wide receivers, you know, not a whole lot of talk of them in the first half of the draft, not a whole lot of talk of running backs outside of possibly Bajan. It's really edge, cornerback, offensive lineman, and quarterback heavy here, and Tyree should probably be one of those guys that's going off the board pretty quickly here. Um, we will keep moving on here to our next one. So, who do we want to talk about? We're going to talk about another defensive tackle here. Um, again, defensive tackles may not be the biggest names in fantasy, but a guy that is very interesting because of someone else from his college. We're going to go to Kalijah Kansi. So, he is a defensive tackle from Pittsburgh. He was a three-star prospect in the 2019 high school recruiting class. Went to Pittsburgh for three years. He was a unanimous All-American the ACC Defensive Player of the Year in 2022, and he was first-team All-ACC in 21 and 22. So he had a couple of really good years there. He got rewarded with that. And one of the, I think, unfair comparisons that he gets, but it's natural, is to another defensive tackle that was a bit undersized that came from Pittsburgh University. That would be Aaron Donald. So they are really comparative when you're looking at size. So Kalijah is 6'1", 285. Aaron Donald came out. He was listed 6'1", 285. Cansey is a little bit smaller in the hands. He has 9 and 1 8 inch hands, where Aaron Donald had 9 and 7 8 inches. And then Aaron Donald's arms are a bit longer, too, 32 and 5 8 inches, where Kalijah's are 60 and 5 8 inches. So with that size, it's on smaller, and certainly when you're comparing him to someone like Jalen Carter, but he is a guy that is going to be able to be productive in the NFL in terms of the pure pass rushing element. He is an explosive pass rusher. He did very well at Pittsburgh in that regard, and he gives a lot of effort too. And, you know, he's not a nothing in the run game, but the problem with that is that being a smaller guy, you're able to get pushed around a little bit more. And that's something you're going to have to see if he's going to be able to beat more often than not like Aaron Donald, or if he's going to end up getting swallowed up more by those bigger defensive linemen, but that, excuse me, by the bigger offensive linemen, but that's really the only concerns that he has, the size and the length, and how is that going to hold up in the run in the long term. When you're looking at him from a defensive tackle perspective in college, the last two years combined, he had 17, excuse me, 27 and a half tackles for a loss and 14 and a half sacks. So he just had great pass rushing production, and that's what you see with him. He's got everything that you want from a pass rusher. He's got the agility, speed, explosiveness. He's quick, and he has great hand placement. So he really knows how to do that when he's out there getting that pass rush point. It's just going to be a matter of, is he going to be able to get that as far as that run production? And we don't really know until we get on the field. Again, I think it's unfair to call him the next Aaron Donald, even though the comparisons are certainly there when you're talking about the size and where they come from and the concerns, you know, the same concerns were there with Aaron Donald when he came into the league and he completely blew those away. But because of the size, Kansi's probably going to have to be used in a very similar way as either a defensive end in a 3-4 like Aaron Donald quite often is, or he could be a three-technique defensive tackle sort of in the mode of like a 
Warren Sapp back in the day that, you know, they want that pass rushing element from that smaller defensive tackle. Moving right along here, we are going to go on to one of my uh, very interesting guys that I you know, sort of discovered and really liked going into this. It's Keon White. He is a probably one of the more of those edge guys that I talked about, not necessarily just a defensive lineman, but he is out of Georgia Tech. He is a little bit older here. So he is 24 years old for the season. He was a two-star tight end recruit in the 2017 high school recruiting class. He spent three years at Old Dominion, one of those as a tight end, and then he spent two years at Georgia Tech. So his last two at Old Dominion were as defensive end, and then the same thing with his last two that he played here at Georgia Tech. He is 6'4", 264 pounds, so he's got great size on him. And athletically, you know, when you think about it, as you can sort of imagine with a guy like that that you know came from that position of being a tight end originally, um, there's a learning curve for him, but he's also produced there on the field for Georgia Tech, especially this past four combined tackles, 14 tackles for a loss, seven and a half sacks. So that is something that you really want to see. And you know, again, we've talked about the relative athletic score for these guys on prior shows. He's right up there at the top of the edge class, especially like you know, talking about the defensive end here. He's got a nine-nine-two relative athletic score you know he's got great speed you know explosiveness his weight isn't amazing but certainly that's something that can be improved upon in the nfl and you've probably heard me talk enough by now so we're going to bring austin on austin how you doing tonight i made it i made it through the storm on the way home bad storms here in oklahoma city but uh sorry folks i was enjoying dinner with my wife for our anniversary and uh if you've ever been to the melting pot in Oklahoma City or anywhere, I guess, in the United States, then you'll know that uh, they don't really do anything fast there. It's all about the experience. So uh, we got that tonight. And unfortunately, uh, we're a little late here, but we're on time to talk about all the rest of the guys we haven't covered. And I'm already seeing a few guys on this list uh, that we we can definitely talk about, Craig, that I, I really like and am excited about. So uh, how's your how's your night been? How's the show been so far? They've gotten to hear me just uh, wax eloquently about a couple of different guys here. Um, last one, I was just folding up, and you can talk about any of these guys, but I was just finishing up on Keon White. If you have any thoughts on him, you know, he's a guy who's going to be older, but he's super athletic and really intriguing on how he could be used at the NFL level. We just haven't really seen him completely put it together so far. Yeah, he is interesting, right? So the size is one of the things that when I watched Keon White that jumped out at me, um, he does play with, you know, explosive hands and power. Um, I, I do like the size. I like some of the natural abilities that he has. But, um, you know, one of the takeaways that I had was he's not quite as polished of a prospect. Yep. Um, you know, he, you know, you see right here, he was a, a tight end recruit in, in high school when he came in and um, big kid and they said hey let's try you out over here and um, you know he's pretty productive not 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 a bad career uh, you know in his time at Georgia Tech um, you know as a, as you probably mentioned he was third team all ACC in 2022 um, but at 6'4 267 I love the size I'm intrigued by him as a prospect I'm curious to see you know where he goes and and what the situation is I don't think he's any you know 
any year one starter or anybody who I have super high on my list of defensive linemen, but um, he's certainly an intriguing prospect that I will be keeping an eye on as we head into the draft. There's been a lot of talk of him being a day two pick, and then there's been some rumblings of it just because of his potential moving up into day one. I'd be surprised with the edge class if he did go up into day one of the draft. Um, again, he's a guy that I like, but I, he does have that developmental part to him. So day two, I think, would make more sense. But we'll see where he goes. And I'm going to let you pick who you want to go over here. Uh, I marked it off on our sheet, but uh, we've gone over, or rather I've gone over, Kalijah Kansi, Jalen Carter, and then Tyree Wilson, along with Keon White. So if there's anything you want to add specifically about any of those guys, or if you want to jump into a new one, um, feel free to go where you'd like. We've got, uh, we've got, I think we've got enough time to get through these guys we got here. Real quick, I do want to talk about one, um, and it's probably not the one you're thinking of. It's not Jalen Carter, surprisingly. We've, you guys have probably heard enough about Jalen Carter from just about every IDP uh, coverage uh, site and, and podcast you can imagine. But Tyree Wilson, he's another recruit that you're probably going to hear a lot about. I'm very intrigued by this guy as well. I'm, I'm curious to know what your opinion is on this. You may have already talked this, but. Uh, 6'6", 271, and this guy moves like a gazelle. Uh, yeah. Curious what your thoughts are for him in the NFL. Do you? I mean, I mean, he is an absolute monster. Do you think that uh, this is a guy you'll be targeting early in your dra uh, rookie drafts? Is this a guy you've really got a, a, an eye on and high in your rankings? I do have him high in the rankings. I, as far as drafting him, I want to see where he goes. Again, with the deep edge class, you can kind of wait if you have a grouping of these guys that you like and not be the first one to go grab one. He does move great. One thing I said about him is I want to see where he goes in the NFL because I do think for the NFL, he fits better as a defensive end. That's not how he played in college. Most of his time was as a stand-up yeah. outside linebacker. You just don't see in large part because of you know coverage duties that some of these guys get, these huge guys at outside linebacker. And I don't know at the NFL level that he's going to be able to cover some of these tight ends and running backs. But you put him down with his hand in the dirt, and he's able to add a little bit more functional strength and weight. He, he could just be the next monster and end up being the best out of this entire group just because, of, like you said, the way that he just does move around on the field, mm -hmm. you add a little power to that, and it gets something special. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely one I'll keep an eye on. Okay, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll jump into something new for you guys. Thanks for letting me catch up on that. I'm very intrigued by those two prospects that we talked about. Uh, let's dive into one that I just absolutely fell in love with this season when I watched the film. I mean, this kid is in he has incredible pass rush skills. Uh, you know, the 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 hands, the feet, uh, just everything about him, the size. He's a little short. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I say that he's six foot four, so he's not really that short. Uh, Three hundred fifty pounds, though, and this guy plays with power. He plays with surprising speed for a three hundred fifty pound player. Uh, that is Siaka Ika, and he's going to be out of Baylor. So he turns twenty three this season. He was a four star prospect in the twenty twenty high school recruiting class. He spent two years at, at LSU and then two years at Baylor. Uh, he was named the Big Twelve Defensive Newcomer of the Year in twenty twenty one. First team all Big 12 in 2021 and in 2022. For me, as far as interior linemen go, besides Jalen Carter, I don't know that there was a single player that I put on and, and was more excited and impressed with. 
the pure skill that he has as a pass rusher to split defenders to you know use his hands and, and even his spin moves and different things like he has a repertoire of moves he can do it with finesse he can do it with power he can do it with relative speed again now we're not talking 4-4 speed these are interior defensive linemen and he is 350 pounds but relevant to his size this guy is absolutely impressive and probably one of my favorite players on this list he is a guy that is super interesting because he's going to end double teams at the NFL level and he can take those on just fine especially in the absolutely. run game but but it makes me wonder cuz he's pretty much just more of a nose tackle even in today's NFL which is fine but fantasy production wise i wonder if we're not going to get what we could out of him because he's going to get those double teams and it's going to probably free up someone else more often than just him because he's with the way he moves and with his size you almost have to double team him if you put one guy up against him more often than not you're just going to get lost on that so nfl wise i think whoever drafts him is going to get something special i agree with that and he's still developing his pass rushing i mean the, the run stuff is down but he's improved in the pass rushing and you know the use of those hands that you mentioned Again, I really like him, and you wouldn't think he was that big for how he moved. I just question mm-hmm. what his fantasy appeal is going to be, and you know we'll see some of that depending on where he goes. But yeah, I, I just don't see how a team defensively keep one guy on him seems dangerous to me. But <laughs> what do I know? Yeah, no, I would agree with that. So okay, so let's take a step back, right? So now that I've I've gushed over the guy, uh, and, let's be honest. Yeah. For fantasy's sake, interior defensive linemen, defensive tackles specifically, generally, uh, they're not, you know, they're not going to give you the highest fantasy production. So for fantasy purposes, okay, let's let's rein it in a little bit, right? But for NFL purposes, if you are watching <laughs> on draft day and your team drafts Siaka Ika, get excited. I'm telling you now. Get excited. I think we're getting some connection difficulties here. It might be because of the storms there. We'll, yep. we'll see how it goes here. Um, why don't you pick another right. one? If uh, you All got right. another one let's go to go with... off of. Yeah, let's see what we got. Okay. Um, I really like this next one too. Another uh, Big 12 defensive lineman a kid that i think is again i think he's going to be surprisingly impactful surprisingly quickly uh he comes from oklahoma state he'll turn 22 this season he was a three-star prospect in 2018 uh in his high school recruiting class he spent four years at oklahoma state he was an absolute leader on that team i watched him all four years this guy he led in a big way and uh, not only did he do it you know uh on the field but off the field um tyler lacy is is just a tremendous player um on and off the field 6'4 295 pounds and i'm telling you guys again this is a guy that you put the tape on he plays with speed power and ferocity um he's able to do a lot of things he's you know he's got great size 6'4 295 um he can move well so this is a guy that I really, really, really like um, and really excited about to see where he lands. I think, again, you know, we're talking defensive linemen here. So for fantasy purposes, depending on your scoring, you know, he he may be not as less relevant, of course. You know, he may be like super, super deep leagues only. He may just be a nice taxi stash. 
Um, but depending on, on how your league scores, he could be a nice find. And for NFL purposes, again, if you're watching the NFL draft and you see your team draft Tyler Lacey and you're like, who's this? Telling you guys, kid's going to be good. Kid is going to be good. Yeah, I really like the, like you said about the leadership stuff, you don't always see that stuff and, you know, your, your write-ups are what you hear people talking about, but the the off-the-field stuff was great. And you see that on the field too with, you know, just smart. He has great play recognition. He has versatility across the defensive front. He can hold up, you know, going with two defensive linemen too with those, excuse me, two offensive linemen if he's getting double teamed. Uh, great hand usage, doesn't take plays off. I didn't think he was probably, and again, for defensive, you know, tackles more, which I think he'll probably end up being. He could be a defensive end at the NFL. We'll see how he gets drafted, how he gets used. He wasn't as explosive as some of these guys that we've talked about. His pass rushing is developing, and part of that is that he just has to stay low more. Because mm-hmm. that's with a lot of these big guys. I mean, you'll probably hear us say that a ton tonight. But if at the college level you have problems like – standing up out of your stance and not staying low. That's just going to be exacerbated if you don't fix it at the NFL because you lose your leverage against the offensive lineman, you lose your power. So mm-hmm. it's one of the things that I noticed. But, uh, again, he's probably going to be a day-two guy, I would think, in the NFL draft. And he's a guy that probably is going to be on the field right away, at least in a rotation, uh, depending on you know the defensive front that he goes to. And if he goes to one, say, like the Eagles or something like that, where there's got a lot of veteran guys there and other people that have to be paid attention to, he's going to get his chances up front, you know, to be able to make plays, you know, get those tackles for a loss and sacks. So he is a very interesting guy. And, again, one that had nice production across college. You know, he had a good amount of tackles for a loss, with a few sacks mixed in there. Didn't have a ton of tackle production, which, you know, you don't like to see that, but it isn't a death knell based on how they're used in college either converting to the NFL. Sure. I love the lateral lateral agility that he has, like just being as big as he is and his ability to just move side to side and just like make tackles that way. I, I mean, he's hard to get around. That's the thing that I noticed most about him on film. All right. We're going to go to um, do, 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 do. we're going to go to another defensive tackle here. That's a, to me a clear defensive tackle and a guy that out of this entire list that we looked at i was probably the least interested in from an idp perspective with fantasy football and that's byron young and i'm also going to preface this with there's two byron youngs on the defensive line uh in this draft so it's really easy to get them confused there's a byron young that's more of a defensive end for tennessee potential edge player and then there's byron young which is a defensive tackle for alabama so we're talking about the one here from Alabama tonight. If you got questions about the edge player from Tennessee, hit us up in Discord, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want. We can certainly talk more about him, but we didn't want to get the two of them confused when people just jump in here. So the one from Alabama, he played four years at Alabama. He's a four-star prospect in the 2019 class. He was in on the Associated Press All-SEC first team this past year. 6'3", 292 pounds. So he's only a big boy and what you're looking at for a defensive lineman in terms of getting those um, offensive linemen taken up, eaten up in that run game. He had a decent amount of tackles over that career. You know, he averaged about 40. Nope, that's third. Yeah, about 40 tackles a year. I can't do math off the top of my head. Uh, but he had 20 tackles for a loss over those four years, so five there, and then seven and a half sacks, so not a whole lot there. 
And again, I liked him from an NFL perspective in that he's going to be a space eater. He's going to be a real life defensive tackle. You know, you're not putting a guy like him at the end. He takes on double teams. He's got that great strength against the run. He did not, as opposed to, you know, Tyler that we were just talking about here. He doesn't have that agility and quickness on that side to side, and he doesn't end up having a whole lot of a pass rush, which guys like that can succeed in the NFL. There's plenty of guys, even if you're in defensive tackle specific leagues, that have value to NFL teams that are constantly in rotations for seven, eight years, but they don't get your fantasy points. Nothing wrong with that. It's just not what we're looking for when we're evaluating this from a fantasy perspective. So not a whole lot that I liked about fantasy-wise from him. How did you feel about him, Austin? Yeah, I'm kind of the kind of in the same boat, right? Um, I I wasn't super impressed with him, although I will say, you know, there are defensive linemen in the NFL that are pretty effective uh, from this position, and like Dietrich Wise, I don't know if he he counts, but I would say he does. He he plays more of an interior lineman in the uh, in the uh, Patriots off or defense. Is that? You know, is that yeah, right? He's on the Patriots, yeah. And I mean, he's yeah, but I mean, it took him a while a to sort it out, too. He plays a lot in the middle of the field, though, doesn't he? That I don't I mean, know. They have, him listed, they have him listed at edge, but the weird thing is, I'm pretty sure, like, he's a big guy. I'm pretty sure he plays a lot in the middle, if I'm not mistaken. But so the reason that I, I bring that up is just to say that, you know, you don't have to be the fastest guy. You don't have to necessarily be an edge rusher to be effective. And I thought Dietrich Wise was um, pretty effective this year for fantasy purposes. I mean, he got a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and I don't think he did that from the edge. I think he was actually doing that from the middle. So, you know, it's possible for guys to succeed at that position. Byron Young, though, for me, um, 6'3", 292. I'm not really sure that I love it. Um, you know, his, his athleticism, his strength um, didn't quite meet what I would I would hope for for his um, – you know, athletic profile, if you will. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm not super excited about him. It'll be interesting, though, again, to see where he lands. I mean, for a lot of these guys, I think uh, even even guys that you feel really super confident that'll go in and, and be instant impact players, if they land in the wrong situation, then that's going to have to change. Um, it, you know, it's just how it, how the cards fall sometimes. So, uh, there's you know a possibility that he ends up in a in a favorable situation, get some opportunity, but um, I, not really a guy I'm super excited about or really have on my radar to be honest. Looking at the uh, Dietrich Wise Jr. over at PFF, um, if you have the premium subscription, you can sort of check out detail, position snaps, and all that. He uh, did not have most of those from a defensive tackle position. Most of them were either in like a three, four defensive end or a rush outside linebacker. So he did have his hand in the dirt a lot, but it wasn't more so from a defensive tackle. Yeah. I could have swore it was wise. Maybe unless I'm thinking of Barmore. I def Barmore definitely was on the line pretty much the entire time. So maybe it was him. And again, the guy from Alabama from a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, that's true. All right. Where do you want to head to next? Let's go to let's go to a guy that I wasn't super excited about either. Um, since we're we're in this this mode right now, I'm going to touch on uh, Zach Harrison from Ohio State. Turns 22 this summer. He was a five star prospect, number 12 overall in his class. He spent four years at Ohio State. He was a second big uh, second team All Big Ten in 2020 and 2021. First team All Big Ten in 2022, six foot six, 268 pounds, 
The problem that I have with Zach Harrison was it just didn't look like he really, really was giving a lot of effort every, you know, every play. Uh, he, he, you know, some, sometimes he looks the part and you think, oh, wow, that was impressive. Like he, he's got it going on. Sometimes you watch him play and you're just like, really? That's it. So I don't know. For me, that's the one thing that I just couldn't get past when I was watching the film was like, man, you got to just give better effort every play. I'm like, even if you're not in the play, like chase the play, like give effort. And I just didn't feel like I saw that from him. Um, the numbers though, uh, I mean, he was fairly productive over his four years at Ohio state. He, he finished with 11 sacks over four seasons, 24 tackles for loss and 97 total tackles, which is better than what some of the others in this class. And even quite frankly, some of the others that are more highly rated in this class um, finished with, and we'll talk about some of these guys coming up, but um, so the numbers, you know, they look pretty good. Um, but for me, I think it was just an effort thing that I couldn't get past with this kid. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I wanted more from him too. And I, again, I don't know. I talked about it uh, prior. Um, I forget even who, if it was, uh, but talking about his motor, like you said, it seems like he runs hot and cold on the field. Production didn't match what you'd like to see, especially from a college like Ohio State that has that tradition of those great defensive ends. And I think that's what they thought they were getting here when you mentioned what he came out of high school. Like, you know, he was a big name get for them. And he just didn't live up to that, certainly. Some people don't. That's fine. And some of them move on to do stuff in the NFL. Some don't. But his traits are going to be what gets him drafted. And the other thing that makes me kind of think maybe there's some hope, you know, we don't see a lot of this in college necessarily. He had nine pass deflections in his last three years there, which oh, wow. is, again, you're paying attention when you're on the defensive line to the quarterback. And maybe that's part of if he's watching the quarterback, why he's not getting some of these other stats, you know, if he's looking for that. I, I really don't know, and you know, we can't get into their minds at all. But uh, there's enough there that's going to get him drafted, and if you're drafting him in your IDP leagues, you're hoping that a team can capitalize on those traits that he still has. You know, amazing size. He's got great testing as far as what he was able to put out there. At 873 is nothing to shake a stick at. You know, you're in, certainly in the upper echelon of each draft year if you're getting that. But, yeah, it just makes you – sort of have a bitter taste in your mouth, like, ah, oh, what could have been at college? And maybe yeah. still will be, but um, I'm interested by him, but I'm probably not using anything other than a late pick for him. If we're talking yeah. about, I mean, maybe depending on where he goes, draft capital, I, I might not even draft him and see if I can get him on a taxi squad with uh, waivers afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, you do love the active hands, though. I wasn't aware. Nine pass deflections, that's nothing yeah. to, to sh you know, that's nothing to turn your nose up at. That's that's pretty good for that, you know, for that position. All right. Well, we got four guys left here, and we're going to break these up into uh, – do you want to go so – we were already talking about Ohio State. We'll stick in the big time here. We're going to go to Michigan. We got two of them here we can go over. I'm going to go over one that uh, I was really intrigued by because I he was a name that I saw talked a lot by, you know, draft Knicks, the guys out there at ESPN and all that, talking about having potential to go – late first round or certainly day two, not a lot of love in the fantasy community in the fantasy community for Maisie Smith. So again, he's from Michigan. He's going to be 22 this season, four-star prospect in the 2019 high school class. Spent three years in Michigan. He's 6'3", 326. So it's pretty good. Uh, if you're talking about uh, strength, um, 
boy, this guy's uh, got it. He did 34 reps on the bench press, which is just outstanding, even for a defensive lineman. Got decent height, decent weight. You know, he's all right in terms of, you know, his vertical and broad jumps. He didn't do any of the agility testing. And uh, his first team all Big Ten in 2022. When I look at him, other than mentioning his strength, which obviously is going to help you get off blocks at the NFL level when you have that, he's got great traits as far as his athletic profile. Strong hands, he's able to move guys around. He just doesn't always stay low, and his reaction time probably isn't quite what you'd want. And consistency and conditioning, I think they just kind of go hand in hand. If you don't have great conditioning, you're not going to have great consistency on the field. I saw potential concerns for him. I will say all that stuff is stuff you can fix, you know, with the right conditioning program, um, conditioning team at the NFL level. And, you know, the line coach, however they do that at the NFL for these guys that, you know, need to work on keeping their pad level low. But if he can put that together, he's got potential to be a, a great defensive lineman in the NFL. Probably not yes. again as much for fantasy football purposes, but how do you feel about him? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the, the size, you know, you look at this guy, 6'3", 326 pounds. Uh, he's a mountain. Uh, he's going to be tough to move. And <clears throat> he does have that strength. You know, he talked about 34 reps on the bench press. And then you look at the explosiveness. I mean, he had an 8-foot, 11-inch uh, broad jump, 29-and-a-half-inch vertical at 326 pounds. I'd say that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Probably not jumping that high if I weigh 326 pounds. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I really like him uh, in that regard. You know, I do think he has some uh, intrigue in terms of uh, the athleticism and, and some of the, you know, intangibles if you will, from an athletic profile standpoint. The thing that I do think, though, is <clears throat> I'm not sure for fantasy purposes that he's going to be able to make enough impact plays um, to really find yeah. a way on to, to, to our rosters, to my rosters, you know. So, um, but when you look at the numbers, I mean, he only had half a sack in, through three seasons in college. Um, didn't really have a whole lot of production in terms of tackles for loss. He had six over three seasons. Um, but you do look at the tackle numbers, 88. So, you know, when I see that, I see a guy who uh, is probably going to be a rotational piece, but I'll be a, a decent rotational piece if you're looking for somebody who can make a play at the line of scrimmage, clog that hole. I mean, 326 pounds, again, he's going to be hard to move. Um, and he does seem to be able to get, you know, make the tackle whenever he gets his hands on those players. So that's at least encouraging. Um, so we'll see what the NFL can do with him. I do think he'll be a project and probably just, a, a, you know, a, a depth piece potentially um, in his, you know, in his NFL career debut, if you will, we'll see how he develops if he's able to, um, you know, find his way onto the field more later in his career, but at least early on, not really somebody that I've got, you know, on my radar or that I would plan on, on rostering. I'll let you talk about the next guy here first, but out of the two, who do you like between Smith and his teammate there in Michigan, Mike Morris? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm not I'm not super crazy about the other guy either. Um, the other guy being, of course, Mike Morris. <clears throat> uh, Mike Morris is 22 years old this season, three-star prospect. Uh, he was a three-star prospect coming out of high school. Uh, he spent three years at Michigan. He was the Smith Brown Defensive Lineman of the Year, second team All American, and first team All Big Twelve, All Big Ten. Uh, in 2022, he's six foot six, two seventy eight. I think is a little bit undersized for me, but um, you do see some of the explosion that he has when you look at that RAS score. His ten yard splits, he scored well. Bench pressed, twenty two reps, not quite as strong as Mozzie. 
Um, and then he does lack some of the speed and explosiveness that you'd like to see. Um, for me, I, I, I tried, I tried to, to give him up my rankings as much as I could and, and bring him up and I just couldn't bring him up the list. It just didn't do a whole lot that really excited me and jumped off the film, uh, when I was watching him. So, um, again, I, I worry about the size, right? Six, six, two seventy eight. And he's not small, but he's not, you know, the biggest either. And, um, I don't know. I, I just wasn't really excited about either of these Michigan guys. I don't really think they're going to be instant impact players. I don't really think they'll find a place on my fantasy rosters right away, uh, but maybe could be a late round flyer depending on where he lands. What's your thoughts on Mike Morris? The contrast you, you talked about early, um, Tyree Wilson, you know, they're basically about the same size and just the night and day difference in how they move and what they're able mm -hmm. to do. And, and maybe that's part of what clouded me looking at him because you watch Tyree, one of the guys that did early on, then you move to Mike Morris. It's like, oh, well, you know, and he had production this past year. I mean, that's why he got the accolades that he did. He didn't get you tackles. I mean, he hasn't gotten you. 40 tackles over basically two years starting. He did play barely in 2020. Um, but, you know, 11 tackles were lost, seven and a half sacks in 22. So there was something there. And, you know, it was a good Michigan team um, that surprised a lot of people. He was a big part of that. But I agree. I mean, neither one of these guys were overly exciting. I think Mozzie Smith probably feels a little bit safer. Um, mm -hmm. But the upside is going to be there for Mike Morris more. And I'm like you, I'm probably not reaching to take either one of these guys in our draft uh, very high. And if you look at our rankings over on rotoheat.com, I don't think either one of these guys is ranked very high. It looks like uh, combined, we got Mike Morris at 41. We all had him on there. And then, doo -doo -doo -doo. of course, I can't find him. He isn't on here. Ozzy Smith is down there at 60, and our last one, I was the only one that had him ranked. So, of course, when we get to the end of these rankings, you know, last five, ten, um, we're mixing all sorts of different guys in there with our rationale for how we get there. So uh, that is what we're sitting at, and I don't think there's a whole lot else to be said about those guys. Yeah, I agree. And we got two guys left here. So we got uh, – I'll let you take your pick here again since you didn't get to talk about some of those guys earlier on. Uh, Brian Breezy or – Gervin Dexter Sr., who you want to start with? Hmm. This is interesting. So I think we're going to, you know, you used a word when you started to talk about Morris and you, you mentioned the contrast between him and Tyree Wilson. Uh, so stay on that con topic of contrast. I think there may be some contrast here. And I'm just going to say it. I'm not sure how you feel about Brian Bercy. Um, the athletic profile is is incredible right it is it is literally incredible i mean you look at his 40 yard dash he ran a 4 8 20 yard splits he's one of you know the, the highest ranked 10 yard split highest ranked shuttle three cone i mean his speed and agility and change of direction and all those things like for his size this is a player who uh he comes in at uh let's see where's he at six five three hundred pounds um so you know, NFL prototypical size. He was a five-star prospect coming out of high school, the number one overall recruit, uh, ACC defensive rookie of the year, first team, all ACC 20 sec, 
2020, second team all ACC in 2022, third team all ACC in 2021. So, you know, every year he was making an impact on that defense, it felt like, but I, I really feel like, man, there was a lot of hype coming into to college for him from oh, high school. And I think the one thing that he did so well was it was like he was always present on the field. And I think from a leadership perspective, some of the things that he did for the, the Clemson Tigers was impressive. The problem that I have is the production, right? You look at three years of college and he only managed to get nine sacks across three years, 15 tackles for loss and 51 tackles. Let me say that again. That's across three seasons, 51 tackles, 15 tackles for loss and nine sacks. Now the caveat is he's an interior lineman. So maybe those numbers are going to be, um, you know, you know, uh, what's the word? Not as high, if you will, as, as like a defensive end, I get that, but like 51 tackles, 15 tackles for loss and nine sacks is what I'd like to see from, you know, a high end player with this kind of hype in one season. Yeah. And he did that across three. So the production kind of worries me. I mean, I think he's probably going to get drafted high. I think the athletic profile will, will give him a, a huge boost and no doubt about it. I mean, it is impressive. Um, but he's going to have to be more productive at the NFL level. Like he, he just is. Um, he's a difference maker. I think for if he, you know, whatever team he joins, he is going to be a difference maker. I won't say he won't, you know, make a difference in terms of real football, but from a fantasy perspective, like, I don't know. I, I I'm like, it's easy to get excited about him and then overrank him. That's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I do like a lot. His problem has been the entire time at college just staying healthy. I mean, he's been just riddled with various injuries that makes it hard to, one, be on the field because you're not, but then, two, when you're coming back from it, that it takes it a, a toll on you. I mean, even if you, you know, get injured, let's say October, and then you wait till the next year and, you know, you're warming up all this, your body still isn't recovered when you have major injuries like this guy has. Um, and it's potentially derailed a very promising career. Like you said, you know, the number one overall recruit in 2020 high school class, you know, 24-7 sports, he's right up there for the other ones. And he showed that promise in his first year there at Clemson, you know, most of his production, four sacks, six, uh, six and a half tackles for loss, 23 tackles. I mean, across the board, that's nearly half of all of those in that first year. And I think that's what leaves me just hoping he can meet that potential or, you know, get pretty close to it at the NFL level. Cause I do think you could have something special if he can stay healthy and stay on that field. His athletic profile you mentioned is fantastic. Is he going to be healthy? And again, the other thing, he has to stay low, you know, and that's probably a product of not being on the field as much, not getting those reps at live game time. Um, I still think that's something that could be fixed for almost all these guys. So I do have hope for him. How much hope am I going to have is going to depend really on his draft capital. I haven't seen a whole lot of him going in round one, nor do I think it probably should with that production plus those injuries. But if he gets second round draft capital to a team where he could slot in as a starter, I am going to have interest. I'm not going to be, you know, moving them up into my top, top really two de interior defensive linemen or anything like that. Um, but if they feel that he's healthy enough that they're going to invest that money in him, I, I will have interest and I'll probably have him on a couple fantasy rosters. Fair enough. But yeah, it, it does feel like he's overhyped when you look at it all combined, but I, I think that's the nature of not being on the field. It's hard to live up to that. I, 
Yeah, there's one or two players in this class, and he was one of them. The other one for me was Nolan Smith, a guy that just couldn't stay healthy and on the field. And yeah, it's you know I don't I don't know if he'll get overdrafted. I mean, I suspect that I'm probably going to be dead wrong about at least one of those two guys, and I'm not super low on either one of them. It's just that I don't think I'm quite as high as everyone else is on those guys because I, the injury concerns are there. They're real. Like this, it's not just a one off. I mean, it's pretty consistently these guys are missing significant time and that's a little concerning. So yeah, I mean, you hope they get back and get healthy, get on the field and do what we think they may be able to do. Last guy here we have for these defensive linemen. And of course we'll be hitting the edge players next week. So make sure you tune in for that. And there'll be some mixed, you know, some of these guys we're talking about tonight will probably end up as edges at the NFL. Some of the guys we talk about next week might end up as more of a defensive end. There's always going to be a mix with this fantasy community not really making up its mind on how to deal with some of these guys. And, of course, the changing nature of the NFL where it's not just someone penciled into one position their whole career. A lot of these guys just move around even across the defensive front. So, But our last one here, Gervin Dexter Sr., he's a guy that's been talked about a lot as far as the NFL draft community, but not as much from the fantasy community. And you talk about a big guy. I mean, he's right up there with the last guy, Breezy, we talked about. Uh, he's 6'6", 310. So he's a monster of a guy that also has a great athletic profile when you go look at it. He doesn't have the strength, but you talk about his agility, speed, explosion. I mean, a 9.52 for a defensive tackle, um, that's way up there for his athletic ability. And that's what you see on the field. You know, he doesn't have a whole lot of accolades. You know, there's nothing that I could find, honestly, but he was a five-star prospect in the 2020 high school recruiting class, three years at Florida. It's a major program. He did all right tackle wise, you know, and that's the thing that really intrigued me is that he was able to make those plays even in the run game. If he didn't give you a whole lot in the pass game, which definitely I feel the passing game is where he's, you know, it's a pass rush, but it's where he's more deficient of the two. He only had 10 and a half tackles for a loss in three years, of which he played, I mean, pretty much every game. Five sacks across that same time frame, but 125 combined tackles for a defensive tackle is just great production. So I like that out of him. Again, the size athleticism, motor, positional versatility. I mean, you could kick him outside there with that ability to move down the line to try to eat up those blockers and get those tackles that go out wide because of his speed. Um, not great with change of direction. You know, needs to get better hand usage, especially to help develop more pass rushing moves to add that to his game if he's going to at all. Um, but, you know, some of these defensive tackles we talked about earlier didn't even have close to what he did for his tackles. So being able to get you that in the run game, even if he can just do that at the NFL value, at the NFL level, that's value for us in IDP because if you're not going to have one of these top defensive tackles, if you can get a guy for free later on or something that's going to get you four or five tackles a game in a DT uh, required league, that's going to be great value right there because you can plug and play that. You can get your few tackles a week and worry about spending your draft capital elsewhere. So I am curious to see what the NFL really thinks. If he is going to go as high in this like day two projection again, like a lot of people seem to think he will. Haven't heard much in the fantasy community, um, and maybe that's because it's a smoke screen. But what do you think, Austin? Uh, I mean, I think it's a mistake that we're not talking about him more than we are. The athletic profile is impressive in a number of ways. You know, you look at the height, 6'5", the size, 3'10", and then you look at the athletic profile in terms of speed, 40-yard dash. This kid ran a 4'8 at 310 pounds. That is blazing fast for that size uh his 10 yard split 20 yard split looked really good three cones so 
Um, he shows that explosion and athleticism, uh, nine foot two broad jump, 31 inch vertical. Um, so just a number of ways that he shows it. The problem is where I think that he might be a good fit in the NFL is surprisingly not what his production suggests that he will be good at only five sacks across three seasons. Uh, so not super, super productive in that regard. And it's something that I think that he's probably going to want to try to focus on when he gets to the NFL and try to work on continuing to develop. The good thing is he does have the athletic traits, uh, to, be able to be a pure pass rusher, somebody that they set on the edge and say, all right, you go and, and you get to the quarterback as quick as you can. He does have the speed and explosive uh, ability to do that. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, but the tackles are there, which are encouraging. So it's just kind of weird to me. I'm like, I don't really know what to think of this player. I would have thought it would have been the other way around where maybe he would have been a sack specialist or lower tackles, especially given his size. Um, but it, you know, he's able to move. I mean, he's, he's chasing down plays. You look at the assist numbers versus the solo tackles, you know, he looks like he's getting in on more assists than he is on, on just solos. So, you know, he's, he's pursuing the play. Well, he's, he's getting to the spot, you know, cleaning up the plays, making tackles. Um, so we'll see what he does at the NFL level. I kind of agree with you. It's again, for most of these guys, it's going to really depend on landing spot, what kind of opportunity they get. But I do think that, Wherever he lands, he's probably going to be asked to specialize in one thing or another. And um, and maybe he'll be really good at that one thing, but I don't really look at him as a diverse enough um, player to be super high on him. So, again, he's probably more of just a depth piece on deep fantasy rosters or maybe just a taxi ad, somebody you want to watch in the, in the uh, fantasy offseason. As we're wrapping up here, why don't you go ahead and uh... – Pick two of these guys that you're most intrigued by as far as adding to your fantasy roster. Maybe not necessarily with early picks, maybe with the later pick, but you got a couple names out of all these guys we've discussed here tonight that you're probably going to have on more of your rosters than not if you could have your way about it. Yeah, good question. And while I'm <clears throat> I'm looking at this, I want to make sure I, I get this right. So I'm just pulling up this here. Okay, so uh, Jordan Davis was a name last year that I was just – over the hill about and his abilities at the NFL, I think eventually will come to light. Like that dude was an absolute monster. And I kind of have the same feeling about Jalen Carter where I'm like, he's a must have on my fantasy squad. If I have a shot at him. So he would probably be my first one. The one thing I do worry about is some of the off field stuff. A little concerning when you hear him saying he's shutting down interviews and yeah. Uh, kind of, I mean, I just don't get that. I don't get it, especially with all that he has going on, um, you know, with the, the incident with the, the vehicle and the speeding and all the racing and the, all the, all the stuff that was going on with that. Right. That was like a whole thing. Um, but the talent, I mean, it's just incredible. It's almost hard not to have him on your fantasy rosters. He, he could be the best player on this list by a pretty big margin, I think. Yeah. Um, so he's certainly the, the one that I'm most intrigued by. Um, and look, the next one has got to be Tyree Wilson. So I'm going to go with Tyree Wilson. I think he has all the intangibles, the productions there, the speed, like this kid, it's all put together. He, he is that guy. He is that guy that's going to, going to go to the NFL, I think, and make a difference and be a pretty quick fantasy contributor as well. 
But I again, there's two guys on this list, the first two that I talked about that I don't want to forget about, and I just want to go ahead and say it right now. Siaka Aika, Tyler Lacey. I want to see what they do in the NFL. You know, for fantasy purposes, if you want to temper expectations, by all means, you probably should just just based on their play style. Uh, man, I like those guys. I'm excited to see them go to the NFL. Um, so for me, I think the top two are going to be Jalen Carter and Tyree Wilson. How about for you? Yeah, I mean, if I had to go top two, just in terms of guys I like most on the list for likelihood of NFL value plus fantasy value, it's probably those two. If I'm looking for guys later on that I want to take a shot at that probably fall a little bit farther, Keon White, um, I just really liked what he had. I mean, sort of like Tyree Wilson, not to the same degree, but you've got that great athletic profile to go along with it. Um, and it seems like he's coming into his own, you know, towards the end of his college career here when he's learning the position still from transferring from being a tight end. And then another one uh, I spoke about early on, Kalijah Kansi. I just really fell in love with just the pass rushing ability that he has. I mean, I think he's up there rivaling anyone else on this list. It's just he doesn't add as much in the run game because of his size. And is he going to be able to duplicate? Again, I before you were on, I said it's the sort of the cheap answer that I don't agree with. I like, well, he's basically the same size as Aaron Donald. He went to the same college. You know, he's not going to be Aaron Donald. But if he can be 60% of that, 70% of that, you're still going to have great fantasy value for a guy that's going to go later in draft. So in DT specific leagues, he's someone that I'm targeting later. I like it. I love it. And that uh, is going to do it for us tonight here. Any final words for everyone, Austin? Well, no, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Griffin, who's in the chat. What's up, Griffin? We see you. Thank you for your comments. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hopefully you stuck around and uh, got some value out of this fantasy show. And, um, you know, like Craig mentioned, I think on Twitter, we do have plenty more that are coming up. Um, James Evans, thank you for joining us. And uh, hopefully we answer your question about some of the players that we're excited to add to our rosters. We're going to keep talking IDP as the offseason goes on. We're going to keep these conversations going. We're going to keep these uh, players at the top of your list and, and let you know who you guys need to keep an eye on. And as we move closer to the draft, we're going to give you all the best information that we can. Of course, uh, we'll see what draft day brings to us and we'll see how we you know, pivot from there and it'll be exciting. We you know we'll continue to have more conversations even after the draft, but so far this has been a good off season and thank you to everybody who tuned in. You guys, again, go subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter at Roto heat, Austin at Roto heat, Craig. You can also follow the Roto heat fantasy channels. Uh, we'd love to see you guys join our discord and talk IDP with us anytime you'd like. Uh, other than that, I think that's it. What do you got, Craig? Yeah, I don't know, James, if your question was just rookie-specific. We tried to hit there towards the end. But if you have interest, uh, about a month ago, uh, we did a Dynasty IDP players to trade for. So guys that we're interested in going and trading for and adding to our rosters if we don't have them. Um, so you can find that on the YouTube channel. I think that might have been either the first or second uh, show this season that we did. So you can go find that there. But thanks for tuning in. And hopefully you got an idea of some of these defensive linemen that we're excited for. And we'll be back next week. 8 p.m. Central Time, going over our edge players for the 2023 rookie class. For Austin and myself, thanks again for tuning in, everybody, and we will see you next week. The IDP Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find more content on Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more 
at rotoheat.com.